The Start On Demand. On demand. Restrictions are loosening in Manitoba on Friday, so we'll speak to Ray's Bistro, a restaurant, about whether or not they're going to reopen at 25% capacity. And what does this mean for a yoga studio, especially when the province says you can only do one-on-one fitness instruction? We hear from a frustrated Manitoban on his barely functional or reliable landline. Landline! In 2021, his landline is still unreliable. And inspired by a renovation that saw Greg take a five-minute job, remove the bathtub, and have it turn into a two-hour ordeal, we want to know from you which tasks should have been easy but ended up taking way longer than you ever thought they would. I'm Brett McGarry. Alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, we are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Wednesday, February 10th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Greg, let's talk about whether or not you made it to the end of the Winnipeg Jets game last night. Well, I did. I only watched a minute 37 of the game. I listened to the rest of the game on radio here on 680 CJOB. When Calgary took the lead late in the game, I flipped on the TV to see if the Jets could pull a goalie and uh, score. I think for the third time it would have been with with an empty net to force overtime. Uh, That didn't happen, so... Uh, I did better than I thought because watching the TV and watching the game is much more stressful, much more um, onerous. And the idea of having that bright light on in the room obviously keeps you awake a little bit better. So I was able to doze in and out of consciousness. Uh, No commentary on the commentary of our friends Paul Edmonds and Jamie Thomas, but it was much easier to uh, sort of just close my eyes and be in a more relaxed state despite uh, the the closeness of the game. How did did Pierre-Luc Dubois look? He sounded okay. (laughs) It sounded like he did okay. He played uh, just over 13 minutes, and Paul Maurice, for the most part, uh, kept his game plan in place and and rolled four lines, as they say in the hockey world, until uh, later in the game into the third period where he shortened the bench and and uh, and shuffled things around and basically ran three lines as uh, the game was uh, 2-2 for a, for a big chunk of it last night. So uh, PLD, uh, by all accounts, uh, did himself proud last night. No points, of course. Nikolai Ehlers, uh, both goals for the Jets, who... Uh, Ehlers just continues to amaze me. He is going to be uh, a star in this league if he isn't already. Should also point out, by the way, in case you were listening to our pregame show, you may have heard something like this. This went on from about 6.44. According to the Audio Vault, I checked the Audio Vault at cjob.com. I started getting text messages from my friends like, what's going on? What's happening with the game? Uh, 6.44 p.m. to 7.38 p.m. Uh, we had this, so I, I texted producer Kyle in control room, and he said, uh, "Engineer John's on the case," and eventually they cracked the code. So I don't know what happened, but uh, uh, thanks for your patience yesterday. That's all we can really say about that. There, sometimes things go boom. On on an already bizarre day in Winnipeg AM radio, Brett. Yes, uh, of course. It was uh, as we reported yesterday in Global News. There was a radio station down the dial. At 12.90, that suddenly flipped, and um, 
I have a hard time sort of, I'm still gathering my emotions in this, so that my primary emotion on this is anger for the way that uh, this all went down. We you know many of our colleagues and friends, even though this is a, a radio station that is, you know, they're a competitor. Any radio station in the city, of course, is a competitor. But uh, it's a, it, it, I was told early, like before I even got my job, that Winnipeg is kind of a weird market in that we are very friendly with each other. And we have friends at that radio station who used to work here. And to find out that they found out on social media, um, Brett Smash does not uh, begin to describe how I feel about it. I don't think anyone feels good when people lose their jobs and you don't particularly, I, I said to you guys yesterday, I don't know if there's a good way to lay people off, but I think there's a better way. And so there's some conversations around that today, just in terms of how people were notified of their job losses. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm reading that some didn't know they were at home and then got texts from friends learning about it uh, in these layoffs that have taken place across the country with Bell. Some people have learned through a phone call, not a one-on-one. There's been different ways. And so there's some anger, too, just about how it went down. And then, you know, just a bigger conversation. When we lose journalists and we lose media, I think it's um, – the, the listeners can suffer because we all deserve to have the best possible content out there. So there's lots of wide-ranging emotions this morning for sure, Greg. Yeah, and these are our friends. Uh, they are colleagues. And you mentioned, Brett, they are competition, but we're a close-knit group in this – uh, community overall, and it's a small group uh, in the radio world, and we, we all have a lot of respect and, and care for one another. And in fact, I reached out to uh, one of the individuals uh, who hosted a show at the exact same time as we are on the air, and his reaction to me after a little bit of back and forth was, was well, now I can listen to your show. And, you know, it just kind of sums up the close-knit nature of the radio business. And to, to end our conversation back and forth on that note uh, was humbling. It was overwhelming. And uh, just uh, my love, my support, the heartbreak uh, for those that, that do what they love like we get to do every single day is just, uh, it, it's almost impossible to put into words, Brett. Yeah, one of our colleagues down the hall, Phil, over at Power 97, he described it as uh, the radio flag at half-mast Yes. In Winnipeg today, so I would concur with that sentiment. So we just wanted to touch on that briefly. And of course, in our next half hour, we have much to discuss on the loosened restrictions. Um, in our next segment, we're going to talk about this B117 variant. But can I just quickly mention this? I sent this video to you yesterday, and then Greg, you 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 sent it as well. And uh <laughs> <laughs> it's a Zoom meeting go- gone wrong. You can, the audio describes what's happening. It's it's not the same without the video. But let me just play this. This is a, a, a law a lawyer who has is having some technical issues with his uh, Zoom feed. Chaponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Uh, you might want to. Uh, uh, take, take we're trying look. to. We're tr- can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. He, I'll just press pause on this. He looks like a cat. Okay, he's a talking cat. It is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's, I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat. <laughs> I'm not a cat. Of course you're not. I can, I can see that. 
This is a legal proceeding yeah. that's taking place over the internet because of COVID restrictions. And um, I saw one person said, I want that on my tombstone. Uh, here lies fill in the blank. I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat. Oh, God. Uh, so that made us laugh. Uh, we c- just one of the ongoing issues that we're all learning to deal with. I mean, Loren, believe it or not, it, it, I know Zoom has essentially become just a verb or a noun of the past year. I have only used Zoom one time in oh. the last 11 months. No, we've used Zoom several times for family and friends calls. Um, the kids have used something called Google Meets when they talk to their hockey coach who does different uh, fun sessions with them. Then there's Teams. I've, I feel like I've used, I feel like I've learned five different <laughs> video apps that I never even knew existed before. And I still, I still, because I don't trust it, like particularly if I have a meeting after the show and I, like nowadays I'm home in my pajamas, right? <laughs> and I'll turn on the meeting and I will duck down and like reach to the mouse so you can't see me on the screen <laughs> to touch all the buttons, even though it says my camera's not on. I need to see the full picture, like the full screen of all the different faces before I bounce back in to sit in front of the computer because I'm like, nope, you are not catching me like this. <laughs> like I'm that nervous all the time. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm not surprised the filters have, you know what? I too am not a cat. What can I say? <laughs> Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. Loren, what do we have coming up after seven o'clock? Well, Brett, we've all been annoyed when we get somewhere and discover there's minimal or no cell service, particularly when it happens within city limits. But how would you feel if you had a landline that didn't work? A landline. That's been an ongoing problem in a Manitoba community for years, and they are beyond frustrated. We'll have more after seven. The list of businesses and groups that get to resume some sort of activity when changes to the current public health orders expire Friday is longer than expected. Yeah, the province previously hinted that restaurants, gyms, and more would be able to open later this week. But added to that list are art galleries, museums, and some indoor recreational facilities like hockey rinks, Loren. Yeah, but there are restrictions there, too. Uh, Those rinks you mentioned, martial arts studios, gymnastics clubs, they can open, but only for one-on-one activity. So that might be good news for the thousands of Manitobans who've essentially had their sports season canceled this year. But it's not clear how this is going to work. Will rinks want to stay open for hourly rentals? Some may have already shut down because they've closed their ice plants. And would it make sense for, say, a martial arts studio to open for one-on-one restructuring? And then, Greg, what would the cost of this be? How is this going to work going forward as we wind down? what would traditionally be the winding down part of some seasons. Well, my abacus is broken just trying to figure out the business sense of some of these uh, proposals and why anyone would take advantage of these. In fact, you're hearing from some folks that it's going to cost them more money and PPE and other things that they're going to have to do in order to comply with regulations to even open their doors. So that's one aspect. And then you mentioned, Loren, this whole notion of, well, you know, who's going to rent an entire sheet of ice for their kid, whether it be a hockey rink or, in the case of my kids, a, a curling uh, sheet of ice, the entire East St. Paul uh, curling center? Do I need to rent the whole thing so my kids can throw a handful of uh, curling stones? I mean, my boys have thrown curling rocks in empty curling rinks in the past, but that's because they've snagged some practice time 
in between leagues that pay money uh, that are the business, the the back end business and and the uh, support for the these uh, facilities in the first place. So the notion of a curling rink or a hockey arena staying open to service people one on one, I just I I don't see how realistic that is, Brett. Now it, they do say that they can open at 25% capacity for individual instruction only. So what does that mean? I don't understand. Clarity is required there. So if they could be 25% capacity and can I, do I take a section of that ice, you know, as a family and then the next section of ice goes to another family. So I think a lot has to be decided and sorted here and we might hear more in the days ahead. And we also are, we know that outdoor rinks can open for example for practices and so now you can maybe hold things out there but that doesn't work for sports like you mentioned greg curling unless you head out to that island lakes facility that that guy opened up and right. had to curl curl with the milk jugs there for sure and uh there are a lot of people brett that are trying to figure out how if this even makes sense like gyms and yoga studios for example they can open but at 25 percent capacity um group classes at this moment it appears they're not allowed and amy sayer runs the community club and it's centered around classes and she spoke to Richard and Julie on the news last night and she says if they can't operate with the classes as they normally would they might try to turn to individual training but right now like like all of us I think they're just a bit confused. The problem is that we can have for example uh, two one-on-one sessions and then two people working out in an open gym in our facility in the same room that's like five six people so I'm not really sure what the difference between that and having a six-person class is and so I, I don't think that they're quite fully grasping what what our business is and and what our model is and really talking to small business and and to be quite honest caring like I I don't think that they care and so to me it's completely disheartening we've followed all the regulations we have made sure that everyone stayed safe and of course that's something that we care very much about and we just aren't really seeing the the give from the government and that's something that you know if we're going to have to stay closed if we can't run in this business model then we should be also seeing the financial support for that you know and so we haven't really seen anything from the government and um it's frustrating i'm 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 incredibly frustrated right now a lot of mixed emotions right now including among restaurant owners 529 wellington for example they announced yesterday i was perusing through instagram to see who was opening and who's going to stay closed and 529 announced they would reopen uh, for valentine's weekend and not it didn't take long for them to say that they were fully booked. All of their reservations were gone for this weekend and their next available reservation, Greg, February 16th. Wow. Well, again, restaurants are reduced to that 25% capacity and customers are restricted to household members only. What does that do for lunch business? <laughs> I mean, how many of us can go out for lunch with members of our own household? If we're going out for lunch, typically we're going out with, with people that we work with. Dr. Brent Rusin said yesterday they expect restaurant owners to do their best to enforce the rules, but again added Manitobans need to do their part and stop looking for loopholes. Sachit Mera is the owner of East India Company and says they're trying to figure out how to make this work. So certainly it's it's understood that you're checking for ID uh, in situations of age verification when alcohol uh, is involved. It's a whole other thing when you're checking ID uh, for uh, address confirmation amongst uh, members. Um, that's 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 the interesting layer that gets added on top of this. Um, so let's see how that goes through. We are um, having meetings with our staff 
over the next couple of days to uh, ensure that they're brought up to speed to that and doing what we can to ensure that that's followed. So let's say I come in there and Julie is there. You check our IDs and, oh, different addresses. Are you going to say, thank you, but there's the door? Uh, thank you. Uh, here's one table for you, Richard. And uh, six feet uh, down the road, here's another table for you, Julie. That's, uh, that's what's going to happen. So I guess that's one way to look at it. Uh, but I, again, that's, that's putting a lot on the restaurant owners, Brett, and then on the on Manitobans to not try to sneak in. It's going to be like they're going to ask for your ID, so you might want to... You might want to get a fake ID on this one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, that's just it. I mean, the King's Head opens Friday at 11 a.m., so I know that 11 a.m. on Friday for me is going to be beer o'clock, and I would normally say, G-Mac, do you want to go grab a beer? But mm-hmm. if we were to do that, you'd have to sit a table across from me or across the room, and we had to have to shout at each other. I'd, I'd, I mean, of course, you could come to Loren. Maybe the three of us could occupy the entire restaurant. Well, well we- maybe I was thinking I could sit at the end and do that cool move where I'm like, you come here often, and I could slide it down, <laughs> like from a really far away down the bar, and hopefully the drink doesn't spill. Because that's distance enough, is it not? Or we could just do what we've been doing for almost a year now. We could just text one another. <laughs> it's just yeah. not as much fun. No. It really is not. But, uh, yeah, so some restaurants staying open. Others I spoke to yesterday said, you know what, it's just, it's not worth it. The labor costs alone will not make it worth it. So we're just going to keep focusing on the takeout for now. So hopefully uh, this goes well, and then we can see that capacity boosted in the meantime. But uh, I'm just looking forward to Friday morning. That's all I'm going to say. I'll see the King's Head Friday at Pull 11. a pint! <laughs> That's right. There will be more than one. Uh, but I'm not drinking that garbage you used to drink, Greg. That what you, Labatt 50? Come on. No. Just give it a try. <laughs> no. I'll, I'll, I'll even pay for it. That's okay. Okay. That's okay. I, I'll pass on that. Greg. What was the headache you experienced on Monday? Okay, I'm not going to get into the details of it. Uh, I didn't take video, and I should have, to uh, prove what happened. I was removing a bathtub from my main bathroom, and I needed to get the drain, which typically requires a specialty tool or, or a set of needle nose pliers to, to spin out that spigot, that, uh, that, that silver piece typically where your plug goes in at the drain. Well, that should take, and I watched lots of videos on YouTube about how to do it. It should take less than two minutes. It took me two hours because the tool that I acquired just simply did not work because the the state of my drain was not like any of the ones in any of the videos that I saw. It was heartbreaking. It was backbreaking, but I got it off. I got that drain off. And let me tell you, I celebrated when I did. And it just got me thinking about all the times you say, yeah, it's just going to take me five minutes and it ends up taking you your entire day. <laughs> okay. So let's go around the horn here. Tasks that took way too long, whether it was unforeseen circumstances or just our own incompetence. Poitras, Cam Poitras, why don't we start with you? Oh, I feel like every time somebody says to me, oh yeah, come over, it'll just take 10 minutes and then I'm there for two and a half hours. I find that happens every time. And uh, it, it might be the most frustrating thing for me when I when I know that a task is, is simple um, and it just takes forever and you just get more and more and more demoralized as it goes along. I was uh, changing a lock with my Uncle Sam at, at my house, and uh, he's pretty good with locks and stuff like that. So 
It was uh, going to be just a quick job, just, uh, you know, basically take it off, put it back together. And it was like two and a half hours. He eventually had to like jimmy some sort of fix and it ended up working. But as it went along and it became two hours, you have to, I had to like visualize like at one point in my life, this will be over. This will eventually end. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it did. But uh, I feel like it's every time somebody says, oh, it'll just be real quiet, real quick. Come on over, help out. Oh, anyways. Hey, that's uh, that. I feel that frustration, yeah. man. Uh, Jeff Forte back in the saddle. What about you? Everything. Everything. <laughs> now, well, right now, everything takes me forever to do. Just getting dressed in the morning. It takes, you know, a good like five to ten minutes just to put on my socks. It's because Jeff Forte, by the way, uh, in case you don't uh, or in case you don't remember, he he broke his wrist recently and he, he's playing through the pain right now. So we appreciate uh, your hard work. But so, yeah, life is tough right now. Yeah, and having to use your left hand for everything, which <laughs> it can get really messy sometimes. Like eating, eating like I missed my mouth. Or, <laughs> and I'm then glad no, you went with eating. <laughs> 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 so now I'm making a mess when I eat, and I got to clean that up. So it just everything takes just so long right now. That's tough, man. But uh, we appreciate your honesty, and uh, we appreciate that you're soldiering through it in there because I know it's not easy without your sling. Jeff Braun, what about you? Uh, for me, the, the one that comes to mind right away is, was assembling my barbecue, which I would assume just looking at a barbecue, it's like, oh, that can't be too complicated. That should take about 20 minutes. It took me and a friend over three hours to do it, and uh, when we were done, the wheels were on the wrong side of it too. So I <laughs> Not only did it take all afternoon, we screwed it up. It was bizarre. But the good news is it cooks food and it still works. So, I mean, in the end, it was worth it. But, oh, that was that was a frustrating ordeal. And, of course, that's when you broke out the directions was when you realized the wheels were on the wrong side. Then you break out the directions because that's only for when things go sideways. No, we followed the directions and it took that long. But the directions were wrong. The, the first picture had the wheels in the wrong spot. But we are like, well, that was... Literally, step one, we're not going back to fix it. <laughs> that actually was good. Uh, just throwing it out to that. I was thinking we should we could have a separate conversation on reading the manual because I still have yet to crack the owner's manual on my new television. And I know that uh, people get into all kinds of trouble if you they won't. do not follow the instructions when they're putting things together or learning new things. It'll I will. That plastic I will. Bag forever. It's a weekend project. <laughs> uh, Loren, what about you? I've got a whole cupboard that ha- is for all the manuals in our life, right? Where you're, you just in case you have to reach back in and be like, right, this is how I'm going to repair the dishwasher. Sure. Uh, yeah. Every single spring, I have the same fight about the deck in ter- with myself in terms of staining it. Because, you know, if you do it right, you only have to do it every couple of years. I think that's, I'm calling B- Brett McGarry, BS Brett McGarry on that one. And uh, I think it's wrong because no matter what you do, you keep coming back to the same problem. So last year, it just was peak frustration where I did the sanding and did that special cleaner. And then we put the stain on. And of course, this clear forecast day turned to rain within hours. And I woke up at three in the morning and looked out in the deck and was like, oh, no. And it had that mottled color and like the different puffing, like what do you call it, where the, the stain comes up. And I said to myself, let's just leave it and see what happens. And of course, what happens is it all peeled. And so I'm now the proud owner of a gazebo and deck carpet. Just covered it all up. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. I'm done. I'm Perfect done. solution. Yeah. It was days, like days of work for the same result that I get every single year. 
So here's what we need you to do at 204-780-6868. If you want a chance to win a $100 gift card from Namath Diamonds as we continue to celebrate love this week with Valentine's Day just around the corner, we need you to text us a story about a task that should have been quick but it ended up taking way too long, whether it was unforeseen circumstances or just your own plain stupidity. Share your honest story, 204-780-6868, and we will give that gift card away just after 9.15. We all know how frustrating it can be to find yourself in a dead zone with zero cell service. I hate highways, man. Highways, the worst. Yeah, and even the RCMP tweeted out uh, last night about being cognizant of the fact that out on the highway you may not get cell service in parts of Manitoba. So there are places all over our province where cell service is weak. Now imagine how you would feel if you had a landline and it too rarely worked. That's what people in Wellman Lake are dealing with right now. That community is in the Duck Mountains. That's about 500 kilometers northwest of the city of Winnipeg and southeast of Swan River. Yeah, and for long, as long as our next guest, guest has lived there, he says he and dozens of neighbors have had issues with their landline, which is provided by Bell MTS. In fact, Gordon Hart says the problem got so bad a few years ago, he spent thousands of dollars of his own cash to put up what he says is a booster line of sorts to help keep the landline operational. But then over the past two weeks, in the midst of this winter's deepest cold snap, problems have returned with his landline, his neighbor's landline going down repeatedly, sometimes for as long as 24 hours. And again, we're talking about a landline here. Gordon Hart joins us now. Good morning, Gordon. Good morning. So we were able to get the phone working this morning. Uh, are you using that second line, or how is this working? Yes, this is the second line. In all honesty, my other line worked about an hour ago. Okay, so it how often... It made it through most of the night. It made it through the night. How often does that line go down uh, over the past two weeks and, and over the years, Gordon? Um, the past two weeks, we've... Uh, we're three days without a line starting the night of the 25th, where it was it would come on just for a matter of a little while. And then for the last four or five days now, it's been the same thing. It usually goes out in the evening, and then they usually get her up and running just before lunch. So it's going out for the better part of the day. So you pay 36 bucks a month for a landline that doesn't work. How frustrating is that? Uh, really bad, and I'm only paying 36 bucks because it doesn't work properly. I still have neighbors up here that are spending 80 plus bucks a month, and uh, the only reason I have this line, like I said, I spend a lot of money putting up a tower, and I end up getting a landline through the air. However, that works. It's like it's like a cell, actually, this line, but it's on a landline phone, and. Uh, you know, I spent it. It worked fine the first summer. Somehow the power has been cut down. Now this line is useless in the summer, but it works well in the cold. And uh, my other line, which most people don't have my option because they're not on the right spot here where there's an opening where I can bounce a signal, put up a tower and bounce a single signal. I'm a one of only a few people that can rig that could rig this up, and most people aren't spending that kind of money for something that isn't really reliable either. 
Well, no kidding. Uh, you know, that sounds like a lot of work for a service that most of us have been taking for granted for close to, you know, 150 years here. Uh, dare we ask about cell service? Is that an option for you, Gordon? There's a tower within a mile of here, but they will not put up cell service. And to get actual cell service, if you're driving and your line's down, you're traveling at least 20 kilometers to get into some sort of cell coverage. And then it's even iffy there. So minimal cell coverage, your landline doesn't work. What's your overriding concern here? Because I know more people are out snowmobiling this year. You mentioned uh, in my conversation with you last night, there's a lot more ice fishers. I mean, it's the coldest time of the year that we've had so far. If people get themselves in trouble, sure, your cell service might not work, but you'd have an expectation that you could walk to the nearest house and hopefully get a landline to connect you to emergency service. What's your biggest concern? Well, there's going to be a medical emergency up here. And that could go very bad. And I've lived here for 17 years, and I've been warning, well, at first MTS, now Bell, like they're playing Russian roulette. Like this could turn out bad for somebody up here. And uh, they just, I guess money's the bottom dollar. They just won't do anything. Gordon, we reached out to Bell MTS and we got a statement back just this morning, a few minutes ago, Ash, actually, and they mentioned that, yep, there's been issues with this aging cable, that they did some repairs over the last month, that a new issue was discovered Sunday, and that they did repairs to that line and it should be working better now. They also said they're working on a long-term solution, but there's no details at the moment. I'm curious what your reaction is to that, because how long have you been begging them for a long-term solution over the years? I've been here for 17 years, and I've been complaining, like, the landlines used to be worse. From what I'm told, they put some obsolete equipment they took from somewhere else and repaired what we had, and it did make it some better, because even in the summer before, it it hardly ever worked. And uh, they just, I guess, the dollar is the bottom line. And it would be so easy if they put a cell tower up, and there's a tower that's existing they could use, this whole area, because we're high, this whole area would have cell coverage. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, you could find still dead spots, but at least most everywhere you'd have cell coverage up here. And then, you know, you got, like I said, skidoers, fishermen. There's 130 cabins up here. There's 19 of us that live here year-round. There's over 50 cabins that have... Um, phone service of some sort because they're up here quite often and uh, a lot of them I went for a drive here the other day and I was looking in places I didn't think had phones they had security systems so they had phones rigged up too and the security systems are useless if your phone doesn't work Gordon Hart, thank you very much for taking the time to tell us about this and for reaching out to tell us about this when I first read this note I thought are you kidding me like a landline I I, I just it, 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 my brain had a hard time computing the information. So to share this frustration, we very much appreciate it, sir. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we want to give away a $100 gift card for Namath Diamonds just after 9.15. It's based on the jobs that took you way too long, like something that should have taken... Not long, but ended up taking much longer. Greg had some problems removing his bathtub because the way the the drain did not work with the tool that he had. The tool was designed to work one way, but the drain said, hold on, we're going to make this much more difficult. I once had an... (laughs) 
Uh, this is such a pitiful story. <laughs> when I was selling, you were hungry. When I was selling my house, I when was that? 2011, 2012. Uh, or no, 2013. I had gotten, like, I, I, there was one point where I had no food left in the home. I had a can of ravioli, and I went to open it, and this was before they had the flip tops, and I realized that the ex had taken the can opener. Uh, it was her can opener. It wasn't like she maliciously took it. It was her can opener, so I had no can opener. <laughs> so I'm sitting on the kitchen floor <laughs> with a screwdriver and a hammer. This is the saddest story I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to get into this can of ravioli. It took me like 30 minutes to get into it. I should have just gone to the store, but I was too tired. But I was also too determined to get into this can. I thought, there's no way I can't get into this. But I didn't want to make a mess. Right? Like if I just held this screwdriver and hammer and really reefed on this thing, I would have exploded ravioli all over the place. And that was my ultimate solution with the bathtub drain was I took a chisel and had to cut notches in the in the drain, in the flange, and just knock it around. I think it was 12 rotations around on the uh, on the metal tub. It's a good thing I wasn't trying to save that tub, because it's trash. Yeah, but isn't it funny how often that works? You just got to kind of hit something and bang it, and then you're like, ooh, look at that. Yeah. Like our freezer wasn't working, and I said to my husband, it's making a weird noise back there. And he Give it came a whack. Out. <laughs> he just gave it a whack, and he's like, there. I was like, wow. That's it, eh? Like Arthur Fonzarelli, baby. He's a professional. Based on your stories at 204-780-6868, on the tasks that should have been simple, but ended up taking forever like you're trying to put together a piece of furniture or you're trying to remove something during a renovation or like me you just wanted to get into a can of ravioli but you didn't have a can opener and it took much longer <laughs> text us at 204-780-6868 for your chance to win but right now to open or not to open that is the question. Restaurant operators across the province are answering for themselves as provincial health orders will allow restaurants to open at 25% capacity, along with some other strict rules. Yeah, there's relaxed restrictions, but for restaurants, they have to be collecting data or maybe even IDs from people to ensure they're all from the same household. And so all add this all up, some very popular restaurants are saying they probably won't open Friday, at least not for now. Others, Greg, are actually fully booked for Valentine's Day, so it really depends on where you land in this equation. It really does. There are plenty of realities to analyze as these businesses decide what to do. Danny Van Lacker owns and operates Ray's Bistro in my neck of the woods out in North Kildonan. and we say good morning to Danny. How are you today, sir? I'm very good. Good morning to all of you guys. Wow, you sound uh, delightfully uh, cheery, Danny. This is the the wrong side of 8 o'clock typically for you, so appreciate you doing <laughs> well, I this. Tell you. I woke up, it's not minus 50, so uh, for a Winnipegger, it's a good day. Yeah, well, and you're a restaurateur, so you have a, a, a certain disposition about you in the first place, overly optimistic. <laughs> Yesterday's announcement wasn't really a surprise. The table was set, so to speak. Sorry for the restaurantees. Uh, last week, uh, what has the last seven or eight days been like for you in anticipation of being able to open on Friday at 25% capacity? I have to be honest with you. It has been a roller coaster ride for the whole team. I mean, we're very, we're very engaging of all of our staff when a announcement is made and ensuring that we're making the right choice, not only for the community, our team, for everybody. And it has been quite a wild ride. Um, 
you know, analyzing is 25% enough to successfully build any sort of business back. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's enough for us, but we are ready to do it and, are, and we're willing to do it. Um, the community needs its local date night spot back, to be completely honest. Well, part of the problem with date night under these restrictions is if you don't live with said date, then you're not technically supposed to go to a restaurant with that person. Uh, but to, to open or not to open before the restrictions last March, I understand that your restaurant didn't offer takeout service. So how has that gone and will you open your dining room? We actually did not offer takeout, which is a really fun um, idea. At Ray's Bistro, we were a fully only 60-40 restaurant that only offered dining service. I have to tell you that takeout has gone exceptionally well for us. Uh, we moved very quick, very early, everything from setting up a proper phone queue in the restaurant to um, doing direct-to-home mailers and interacting on social media with our guests. have to give a lot of credit to the fact that the community is so good in North Kildonan that they're very supportive of one of the very few restaurants they have in the area. Um, and it's gone very well. I mean, again, we are going to reopen for very simple reasons. Um, number one, our gratuity is a huge part of our team's income. Our team, which, side note, we didn't lay off any one of the 25. It's very important we keep a stable paycheck for them in an uncertain time, and they deserve the gratuity back, and the gratuity comes from dining. and even at 25%, it's very, very important to us that their income gets topped back up to a more manageable level, because we do have a lot of stress going on with our team, and and secondly, like I said before, North Kildonan is kind of demanding back their beautiful date night spots, and they and they really want to come out, and they really want to hang out, and they really want to see us and see the team, and we've kept a very good guest connection. And just as a side note, um, for people that aren't in the same whole household, we've actually designed a few tables in the building that are six feet apart. So if we do have a situation where a couple comes in, they're like, hey, we've been dating for a year, we really do want to come in together, like please, can you bend the rules for us? We actually don't have to. We say, yeah, you know what? We got this beautiful table. It's uh, seven feet across from each other. As long as you guys are welcome to play by the rules and sit at separate ends of the table, we're super happy to make sure that uh, we can provide you with a safe environment, being socially distanced, where you can hang out together and, and have a moment outside of the household. I'm, I'm just trying to picture this, Danny. So you're talking kind of like a long dining room table where yeah, be, I, like I feel like I was a king and queen with one of us at either end sort of thing. <laughs> You got it. Yeah, think like Beauty and the Beast, the three candelabras in the middle, and you know a very a very strange situation. But we're ready to provide what we need to for for our guests because it's always guests first. And just sorry, just to clear, as you understand it, that's that makes sense as far as the rules go because they would be six feet apart. They might be at the same it table, but six sense feet as far apart. As the rules go now, as far as the rules go, we actually can't comment on them at this moment because the provincial government will make a claim and say, "Hey, this is what's going on." But there's two other bodies that actually have to pass through. So Manitoba Health has to put together, like the restaurant arm, they now have to put together a plan for us based on the rules that were announced provincially. And then also we have the um, LGCA, they have to put together their own set of rules to ensure that they're both happy. So there's actually three levels we have to um, we have to go through. It's not as simple as just the higher-ups in the province saying, everything's good to go. Uh, so we actually won't get our set of rules. Until at the very earliest Friday afternoon, at the very latest Monday morning is typically how it works when they're, when they're doing changes. Wow. Well, Danny, thanks for this. And, you know, I get the impression that if we're looking for a positive out of this 30 seconds here, the, the relationship uh, with, with our neighbourhood, I'll say it that way, has, has really strengthened over the past 11 months. Oh, it's huge. I Honestly, we can't. Jill and I would not be here. Jill being the other owner, Jillian Flynn. 
we would not still be open if it weren't for the amazing people of North Kelowna. And like we actually, we can credit it to ourselves for being smart and quick to move and this and that, but we have to give full credit to, or majority of the credit to, A, our amazing team that didn't want to be laid off, didn't want to go and serve, and B, the fact that our community is so responsive to where we are and so responsive to what we do and how much they've taken a personal interest in Jill and I and every member of our staff in the last in the last three years. Like, we... We couldn't have done it without everyone, I have to tell you. And even right now, having you guys so willing to talk to a restaurant and, and get out there and care about what's going on, you're a huge part of that, too. Um, everyone is. They're just, they're just, the world is tuned right now to support small business and support restaurants, and the credit has to go where the credit's due, and that's just the amazing human beings that live in Manitoba and live in Winnipeg. Truly, it is. Danny Van Lanker co-owns and operates yeah. Ray's Bistro in North Kildonan. And thank you so much for joining us, Danny. I've, I've only been to your restaurant once. It was amazing, and I can't wait to get back. It's so good. Good. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, to voice everything today. You guys have the best day, and just thanks so much. Thank you I very much, Danny. I want that beauty in the beast table. <laughs> that sounds I fun, I want someone actually. to sing to me, though. Tell his oldest time. <laughs> and also, while you're at that table, you can do what you mentioned earlier. You can try and slide, slide the drink down. across the table. So. Oh, my God. It's, it's, hitting all the, it's hitting all my boxes this morning. Check, check, check. Traffic, weather, and business. Next on The Start. Don't believe me? Ask the dishes. They can sing. They can dance. After all, miss, this is France. And a dinner here is never set. Second best. Go on, unfold your menu, take a glance, and then you'll be our guest. We our guest, be our guest. The jobs that should have been quick, but ended up taking way too long, inspired by a renovation mishap. Encountered by one Greg Mackling. Colleen says the previous owners of our home left their personal touch on many strange home renos, which were constant bad surprises. They made a home shed leaning against the back of the house we called the creepy shed. It had to come down when we had the stucco painted, so I asked a friend to pop by for 30 minutes max to help my husband take the shed down so he could take it to the dump. When they started the removal, they found it was not leaning, but it was actually attached to the house with bizarre clamps and screws. Took two and a half hours. (laughs) Two and a half hours and multiple attempts at tools to get it off. I left for a long Tim's run when it all started to hit the fan. (laughs) Good move, Colleen. Just get out of there. Uh, And Greg, you've got one about a gazebo? Yeah, well, uh, maybe more than one. (laughs) Julie says this, in the spring, I ordered a 10 by 10 gazebo. It should have taken 10 minutes online, but it took days. I didn't know, but everyone was ordering online. I finally got through to them. I entered my order. Then two days later, my order was canceled due to an overwhelming response. So I tried again, took a couple of tries. And then weeks later, I finally was able to order, but I was worried that they would cancel my order. So I decided to order another gazebo from another company to make sure I got one. Huh. The companies could not guarantee that I was getting it or when weeks went by. I finally got a call from a shipping company. Hello, did you order two gazebos? LOL, OMG. So I received them both at the same time. I returned one later. So happy with our gazebo, but uh, wow, what an ordeal. 
Good I wonder Lord. how long it took her to put it together because we got one of those this year. And as soon as it arrived and we opened it up to the 17,000 pieces that were in it, all of a sudden my husband comes back in the house and pours himself a drink. And I was like, what's going on? And he's like, have you seen how many parts are out there? Like, <laughs> I got to take some time and just sort of ponder this. And I open the door later. He's just staring at it like... <laughs> God, I hate you. You know, like the package, story. not each other. Yes. But yes, the, the putting it together is a whole other line. Mm-hmm. Keep those stories coming at 915. We'll give away that gift card for Namath Diamonds. Question of the day at cjob.com brought to you by credit, or pardon me, by Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace at 204-832-6243. And the question is, will you go to a restaurant now that they can reopen as of Friday? And your options are reservation already booked. I'll be sitting on my own with a beer and lunch ASAP, or I'll stick with takeout. Uh, reservation already booked. We picked that one because one restaurant, five to nine wellington for example they uh, mentioned yesterday okay we're going to reopen reservations are up now for the weekend and the whole weekend filled up right away uh ten, then i'll be sitting on my lunch own with a beer and lunch asap that's me friday 11 a.m is beer o'clock for brett mcgarry and uh, but 80 percent so far say i'll stick with takeout 10 percent each for the other two options so uh then there were some questions that for example that came up out of our interview with ray's bistro at 807 loren because he mentioned that uh for the date night option that he's got some long tables where you're separated by at least six feet so you can sit at the edge edges like beauty and the beast or like uh, i think of michael keaton and kim basinger and batman yeah. where uh, bruce wayne and vicky vale where they're sitting like 25 feet apart vicky vale vicky yeah vale. that's right um well, but that might not fly yeah well i'm wondering if that percentage of people who are saying that they might just stick with takeout is because they too are either confused about the rules or don't want to put the restaurant in a situation or maybe their neighborhood restaurant isn't opening right because they might not have enough space to allow for that distancing or it's just not worth it to them at that 25 percent capacity and so this is the one of the things we're looking for clarity on you mentioned the idea that they were thinking well maybe we can have this long table at a restaurant a long dining room table that would allow for that two meters of physical distancing after that comment was made he also said you know they have to get some clarity themselves and they need to go through the restaurant association to find out what is or isn't allowed but after he mentioned that we had other restaurant owners write in and say no i believe the rules are they you know if you're not in the same household you have to be at separate tables and so that's one of the questions we have this morning another one is around the idea of how sports might work going forward and so we had been told or we had we had hints a week ago when it came to sports guys that they were going to allow for outdoor activities so you can now hold an outdoor practice say if you have a hockey team and you can find a pond and you can hold that practice with say the 12 or 15 kids on that team so that makes sense but then they added yesterday this additional rule that you can have indoor activities at some of these centers like a martial arts studio or a gymnastic center or a rink but it has to be at that reduced capacity and only that one-on-one training so I'm not even sure what that means in some scenarios, like can you have three different one-on-one lessons going on um, in gymnastics as long as you're at reduced capacity? How do I do I pay for that? Is there are gyms scrambling now to figure out how to make that work? Are there rinks that have already shut down, Greg? Because the plants, you know, 
are been making ice for no good reason for the past three months and might have just decided last week, well, we're not on the agenda, so mm-hmm. we're shutting her down. Well, I reached out to uh, one individual that I know that runs one of the curling clubs in town, and I think I can say it on air, Pembina Curling Club, they pulled the plug on their ice-making equipment yesterday, shut it down. That's it for them. They were waiting to see how things would go down, and with the announcement yesterday, it simply doesn't make any sense for them to stay open. I'm not going to comment as to why, but I can only imagine, Brett McGarry, I know how high my utility bills are in my house between the water and the hydro and electricity. I can only imagine how much it costs to run an ice plant for four or five months and then to not have any revenue to offset any of those costs. Got to be tough. It does have to be tough. And that's why a lot of facilities, even though they now have the option to reopen, might just stick with what they've been doing in the meantime, because by reopening a restaurant, for example, that will add labor costs and at 25% capacity, it just might not be worth it. Another thing that I'm actually hoping to see, and I'm just going to Instagram right now to see if they post, because I think they posted an update on it yesterday, just saying we're, we're just, we're seeking clarification. That's the golf dome. Uh, because they have had to close for the last couple of months. Um, and they say we are hopeful that the new public health order effective Friday will include opening the driving range only. And I think you could certainly argue that, that you could count that as f- fitness or exercise. Yes. And- well, it's also a recreational center, which is tech. It wasn't specifically listed, mm-hmm. but it is part of that equation. And then you're going to have people that will make the argument, well, you can keep that distance, right, Brett, if you're in a driving range you can have reduced capacity and people be a, a long ways apart i just don't know if that's going to fall under the public health order or not Ugh. i mean i'm like i feel like a big sigh like a heaviness on my chest imagine these businesses trying to be you know scratching their head this morning again no question about it. And uh, one of my favorite uh, restaurants uh, out in Birds Hill, Jonesy's, a lot of you are familiar with it. They have decided that at 25% capacity that it just simply does not make sense for them to open their doors. They're going to continue their uh, so far very successful takeout business as opposed to opening up their dining room. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we got to give away a $100 gift card for Namath Diamonds based on your text messages at 204-780-6868 on the easy jobs. Should have been easy. Should have taken like five minutes. No, it took you two hours. No, it took you three days. No, it took you a week. We got a great email from Phil who has an interesting strategy, Greg. Yeah, I proceeded to replace a light bulb on our vehicle. I had done this task many of times. I even told my wife, I'll be done in 10 minutes. Big Mistake. I, review, I, re, I removed the old light bulb, put it on the edge of the car, then looked at it as it rolled off and fell into one of the air intake tubes, which seemed to be the abyss. My dad must have been watching over me because, as I remembered, I had inherited some of his tools, a flexible claw-like grabber. After two hours of explicit laden language, I finally fished it out. I now tell my wife Everything takes at least eight hours. When I'm done in less time, I look like I know what I'm doing. Attaboy, Phil. Smart strategy, but here's our winner. This comes from Arthur. 
And this, the detail in here and the uh, hilarious cat names are wonderful. Arthur says, my wife and I are cat people. We have five permanent resident cats and the occasional foster. We decided we wanted to put up some wall shelving for the cats. We put up the six-inch shelf without any issues, but when it was time to install the 12 by 12 steps leading up to the shelf, we found some of the steps didn't line up with the wall studs. Not being a handy guy, I drove to a big box home improvement store to get some advice. The store associate led me around the store, picking up the various wall plugs and brackets which ultimately cost more than the shelving, and then showed me how they worked and found a decent video for me on YouTube to follow should I have issues. My original, this will take me an hour, two tops, was now pushing six hours, but the shelving looked good and I knew my cats were going to love it. Our adventurous ginger, Mr. Ernie J. Fishman. (laughs) Mr. Ernie J. Fishman was the first to check out the new play space. He jumped from step to step, reaching up to the large shelf. My wife and I watched as Ernie jumped from the large shelf to the steps going down, and when his little paws hit the second step, it was like a cartoon. Express elevator going straight down. Ernie, the step, and a large chunk of drywall were gone. Straight to the floor. No injuries, thankfully. The handyman we called fixed the drywall and redid the shelves in under an hour. (laughs) Oh, man. My favorite, Loren, have you seen uh, this truck driving around the city? It's a plumber, and uh, their slogan is, we fix what your husband repaired. Yes, well, honestly, what any of us tried to repair. I've done countless projects where I could take pictures of them and show you how they're not done or they're done, but you can't put anything on the shelf or don't use it as it's supposed to be used. It's more of a decorative item sometimes I like to call them. And the best part about Arthur's story, I think, was the cat names. Pickleus, Tiberius Rorschach, Misty, Abigail Fishsticks. Of course, there's Ernie J. Fishman, who was the heart and soul of that story. And then he has Oscar and Otis, who are the twin catnip brothers. He also sent a great picture of a reenactment of the cat's fall. And this cat is an actor. Ernie J. Fishman, you had me at... I'm going to get that picture up on our 680CJOB Instagram before the end of the show. Arthur, congratulations. $100 gift card for you, sir, from Namath Diamonds. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Just before we introduce this segment, I got to tell you what just happened. I walk out of the studio and I walk into the newsroom and I, it looks like Clay Young, the Clay Man, is watching Star Wars because it's like the Star Wars style text crawl on the screen. And then I realized, no, he's listening to a song because I recognize those lyrics. So I pulled out my phone and just recorded it for like 30 seconds. Felt kind of sneaky doing it. But uh, you can see the video on my personal Instagram, at Brett McGarry. <laughs> he's getting himself pumped up by yeah. listening to some Chumbawamba, some tub thumping. down, but I get up again. Who knew? You can't keep Clayman down. He's like Dwight in the office. He would go into his Trans Am and listen to some heavy metal and punch the seats just to get fired up for a sales call. You got to oh, get the blood going. My word. You just correlated Dwight Schrute with Clay Young, and I think it's absolutely perfect. So I think that is the best assimilation. We're going to have to decide who the different characters of The Office are around here. I think that's a good game to play. Oh, boy. That's a homework assignment mm-hmm. right there. Okay, that's uh, for tonight. None of them are flattering. <laughs> no. matter who you get, you're like, oh, really? Thanks. So, Who's we'll tr- Toby? Toby. 
Toby uh, Flanderson wins. Yay. Oh, gosh. I don't want to be Toby. Uh, question of the day at CJOB.com, by the way. Will you go to a restaurant now that they can reopen as of Friday? So far, 76% say I'll stick with takeout. 15% say reservation already booked. And 9% say I'll be sitting on my own with a beer and lunch ASAP. Cast your vote, CJOB.com. It is brought to you by Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace, 204-832-6243. We're asking that question, of course, because loosened restrictions coming as of Friday, and we promise we are doing our best to wrap our collective heads around the revised public health orders, which will go into effect at 12.01 a.m. Friday morning. Yeah, and there's a long list of changes that were released by the province yesterday. We have discussed several of them this morning, and some of them are new based on what they had hinted was coming last week and what is actually going to go into effect Friday. So you can head to our website for the full list, but this is some of them. Restaurants and licensed premises can reopen at 25% capacity with patron groups limited to members of the same household only. Photographers and videographers can service individual clients or those residing in the same household in addition to providing services at weddings with the exception of visiting client homes. The film industry can operate fully with physical distancing and other safe measures, places of worship, uh, to hold regular religious services if it does not exceed 10% of the capacity or 50 people, so whatever is lower. Outdoor rinks can open for open for casual sports as well as organized practices and games, but there cannot be multi-team tournaments. And then here, gyms, fitness centers, yoga studios can reopen at 25% capacity as well as indoor facilities like rinks, gymnastics clubs, and martial arts. Again, there's all these uh, but... You know, and so for those ones, they also have to stay at 25% capacity and can only do individual instruction only. So a lot to take in there, Greg. Well, we're joined now by Reed Davies. He's co-owner of Moto Yoga here in Winnipeg. Good morning, Reed. Good morning, Greg. Well, so last week, indoor facilities like yours didn't seem to be on the radar whatsoever for the provincial government and health authorities uh, to uh, modify reopen in any way shape or form and loren just read this gyms fitness centers and yoga studios to reopen at 25 percent and then the following line indoor sporting facilities the rinks gymnastics clubs and martial art studios to reopen at 25 percent capacity for individual instruction only which group do you fit under <laughs> well it's incredibly confusing i mean yesterday the written release had us lumped in with uh, art galleries, museums, and yoga studios can open at 25%. So uh, that set off a flurry of messages. Uh, then uh, later on, we found out that we were, uh, you know, back in with the fitness facilities and could open at 25%, but with one-on-one -on -one instruction only. And, I mean, yoga, the yoga business model is, uh, revolves around group classes and community uh, and, you know, being being in that community. So it's just not economically viable for us to open for one-on-one -on -one instruction. So how do you get clarity on something like this, Reed? Like, what's the next step? Because we've had closures and reopenings a few times over the past almost year now. And often we wait until those official public health orders are written and go into effect on that day. And then we try to parse through them. I mean, but is there a method for you to reach out now for the fitness industry or restaurant or whoever reach out now and say, what about the following scenarios, or is it just up for you to interpret whether or not this makes sense? Yeah, a lot, lot of interpretation, a lot of messages in our own channel between, uh, you know, the leaders in our community here. We get lots of messages from our members, uh, you know, our loyal members, which is great. We actually found a, 
uh, a document yesterday uh, buried in, you know, on the Manitoba government website called the Backgrounder. And it looked like a, almost an internal document that's, you know, had a little more rules on it. Uh, so that helped clarity. We posted that on our Instagram. Uh, and, uh, you know, that seemed to sort of uh, calm the waters until, again, this morning, everybody's just, nobody reads as many details as a business owner would. Uh, you know, we're just hunting and hunting and hunting for information. So do you, from your just personal view, do you, I mean, clearly they, they feel that having these sort of group class activities is not yet safe enough. What's your take on that? Do you think it is, there's a safety hazard? Uh, personally, I don't think there's a safety hazard. I mean, I do understand the need to for a slow reopening because we can't, like, businesses can't close again. It's it's just too hard on the economy. It's too hard emotionally. It's too hard mentally. It's just hard to do. So I understand the, the slowness of the reopening. I don't think that we are a, uh, we're, we're easily able to accommodate social distancing at 50%, uh, you know, and so I don't think we are at risk, but, you know, uh, I guess all these plans are catering to the lowest common denominator. So, Reed, do some math with me. I know it's one of your favorite topics. So, <laughs> uh, like a typical yoga yoga studio at one of your locations, how large is it? What would 25% of capacity look like? And so what what are you sort of giving up with the notion of, yeah, you can reopen 25% is uh, is sort of the guideline, but oh yeah, it has to be one on one. So can you give us some idea of what you would be able to accommodate at twenty five percent? Yeah, I mean we we have each of our lo- we have two locations. Each of our locations has two rooms. One holds you know anywhere from six, fifty to sixty people. The other one holds anywhere from twenty to thirty people. Uh, so you know, in, and we do hot yoga, right? So there's a you know there's lots of math that goes on with. Uh, how many people we can have in the room. Uh, the thing I always think of is, okay, we got to turn the heat back on in the room. That costs us in the winter an extra, you know, $4,000 a month. And so, you know, what it would look like at 25% would be roughly in our hot room, 15 people and in our non-heated room, you know, five to seven people. And 15 people in the hot room, we could sort of do five to seven in the non-heated room is tough. So, you know, we, we would really like to reopen at 50%. Uh, that's economically viable, and I think most group places, uh, you know, in the city are probably, do, you know, thinking the same thing. So the 25% isn't viable anyway, even if that uh, one-on-one instruction caveat was eliminated. It, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's not it's not the best financial model. We would do it, you know, because we have some loyal members that we want to serve, and we want to see people back, and people really need yoga right now, so we're... You know, we're trying to offer that uh, virtually and, uh, you know, and we, yeah, we're just looking at, we're looking at all sorts of things, but we're being patient. And, you know, the big thing uh, here is, uh, and I think Amy from the community gym said it last night, is if they're going to shut and going to go slow, then we just need a little more subsidy from that bridge grant. I mean, that really helped us get through December and January. So I can't, you know, stress enough how important those types of things are for us. Do you mean an extension of that bridge grant, read or more a top-up of the bridge grant? Yeah, an extension, you know, something. I mean, it just, every little bit helps keep the lights on. And, you know, and so I, you know, I would appeal to, uh, you know, the decision makers that I get that I get why there's a slow reopening and we're patient and we can do it. 
but it really helps to have that support. Uh, you know, it's, it's financial support and it's also a boost to morale as a business owner when you get that in your account and you weren't expecting it. Some restaurants, for example, say 25% isn't worth it. They're not opening. It's just not worth the additional cost, not economically viable. In the event, like let's say you could open at 25% capacity and there wasn't this one-on-one caveat that you could have a class just 25% as per normal. Would that be viable for you? Would that be worth it? Uh, (laughs) It's a good question. I mean, at 25%, we lose money, but we would reopen to service the members that, uh, you know, that have supported us through these difficult times. Oh, boy. Well, Reed, thanks for jumping on with us. Thanks for dissecting all these rules and regulations. And I'm sure it's been helpful not only uh, to your operation, but to others. Uh, It's a strong community. Maybe just before we let you go, let's uh, end on a high note here. Uh, The strength of community, not only within your own yoga community at Modo, but uh, amongst the uh, operators. uh, Is it a, a community effort here to understand what's going on? Oh, for sure. I mean, we're always talking with, uh, you know, there's another Moto Studio, Studio Caldonan that's an affiliate of ours. You know, we're trading information back and forth. And everybody, all, of, all the people in our group are talking with all the small business owners, gym owners, uh, fitness facility owners uh, about what's going on. And, and that's helpful, too. So, yeah, I, don't, I never want to end on a low note. Like, I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic and, you know, patiently awaiting the reopening. We're going to get through it. You know, we'll reopen at 25% uh, if there was no one-on-one instruction, for sure. Uh, and we're excited to reopen. I know our staff are excited to reopen. People just want to see each other again. Reed Davies, co-owner of Moto Yoga Winnipeg, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Reed, thank you very much for the time, as always, sir. Much appreciated. Thanks, all. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.